Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. Our reading is from Colossians 3, verses 1 to 4. It's on page 1184 in the Church Bibles. It's Colossians 3, verse 1 to 4, page 1184. Since then, you have been raised with Christ... Set your heart on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on, earthly, on things above, not on earthly things. For you, died, for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. This is the word of the Lord. Susie for praying and seeing as these are here and where are the possengers who just pray there you go I'm just giving away your sweets sorry everyone um guys hi I'm Andy I'm the youth and families worker here I'm just going to move this slightly out of the way um I really enjoyed thank you Dan where are you Dan give us a wave I need you in a minute anyway cheers Dan uh, thank you for that video I particularly enjoyed you getting it wrong when you were trying to put out the sun with your water pistol that was, uh, that was a highlight. It was, it was funny, wasn't it, when he got it wrong? Uh, but that's a bit like where we are in Colossians. Uh, Paul has been warning them about getting it wrong. Okay? Um, he says, actually, I'll put the verse up on the screen. He says in the passage we read last week, since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. He's saying, you died with Christ to the things of this earth, so don't turn to those things. They don't work. They can't deal with your sin. They can't deal with the cause of your problem. And now he's saying, in the passage we are reading, which lots of you have got in front of you, so you can look at it, chapter 3, verse 1, he's saying, since you have been raised with Christ, turn to what does work. And what do we turn our hearts to? We set them on things above. So we have a little quiz now. I didn't realize I'd have sweets. Naomi, have I got enough to throw sweets out if people get like the right answer? Or? Potentially, yeah. Pot- only potentially. One for each question, for one lucky winner. Okay, so my first question is, which thing is above Sheffield Town Hall or Leeds Town Hall? Which is taller? Which is taller? Which is taller? Okay, uh, stick your hand in the air now if you think it is Sheffield Town Hall. <laughs> Disloyal. Stick your hand in the air now if you think it is Leeds Town Hall. Actually, most people are abstaining from the vote. You're all supposed to join in and put your hand in the air. Okay, show us the answers, Rafa. Oh, we lost. You're actually, you like Leeds, don't you, Adrian? Have a sweet. Um, Leeds Town Hall is above. Uh, which is above? This is actually quite a hard question. Which of these two teams, Brighton and Newcastle, finished above the other in the Premier League last season? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, we've actually got a hand in the air before I've even... Yeah, go on. Shall we find... Oh, no, we've got disagreement behind you. It's definitely... Okay, are you a Brighton fan? Yeah, okay. It, it was Brighton. Have a sweet. Well done. Um, sorry, Theo. Uh, yeah, Brighton finished above Newcastle. Mid-table respectability. Who is above the other on Twitter, though? 
Barack Obama or Rihanna? Who is above the other? Who has more followers on their Twitter account? Okay, put your hand in the air if you think it's Barack Obama. Put your hand in the air if you think it's Rihanna. I'm actually quite pleased to tell you it's Barack Obama on 132 million. <laughs> Graham, did I see your hand in the air there? I did, didn't I? Yes. Um, okay, but finally, last question. Which of these two things are above? The Colossian Christians or all the other Colossians? Which is above? Which is above? Yeah? Why? The Colossian Christians, but why? Why do I think it's that, Joshua? It's not neither. It is the Colossian Christians, but why? It's in verse 1. Have a look. This is more interactive than you're used to. <laughs> Someone shout it out. Yeah, go on. They've been raised, haven't they, with Christ, where he is above. The Colossian Christians have been raised. They are above. What else is up? Well, it's Jesus. Set your heart, Paul is saying. Fix your whole life, your heart, your mind on Christ, on him, on his things, on what he is like, on what he likes. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Set your heart, your mind, your whole life on him, on his gospel, on his kingdom. You died, you've been raised. You're up there with him. What are you doing faffing about with things down there? You don't belong down there anymore. You might remember, actually, for those of you who are more grown-ups, you have a large brain, and you can remember from chapter 1, we were told we've been rescued from the dominion of darkness and brought into the kingdom of the son he loves. We, we don't live under the old rules anymore. We have a new king. We live in a new kingdom. We are above. Now, what does this mean? He's the one we love, we live for. I'm going to explain it to you by the snowman. Okay, can we have the snowman? Um, this, is, this is a huge hit in the Cook family house. Um, this is watched a lot, and not just at Christmas, um, now, the first time, so Martha, you didn't exist when this happened. You weren't even born yet, I don't think. And Joshua, you were very small. And I went away on a youth camp in the summer. I was helping lead a youth camp. It was one of those cipher ones. It was really long. It was like nine days. And about halfway through, I discovered this. I'm chatting on the phone that evening to Bibbs, my wife. Joshua's been sat in the bath at two years old, hasn't seen Daddy for several days. He turns, he turns to his mummy and says, Daddy melted. And I have never in my life wanted to be at home with my family more than I wanted to be home in that moment. Not ashamed to say I cried. That is how we are to feel about Jesus. We are to set our whole lives, our hearts, our minds on him. He is the one we want to be with more than anything else. Okay, actually, Naomi, I need your, I need your help now. Can you come and... We're going to fix our heart on Christ, okay? Um, so first of all, in fact, I'll hand you these. Here we go. We're going to fix our heart on Christ. You see, we're anchored in him. We're connected to him. This is the first one. Okay? But this works in all different situations in our life. So, for example, at home, at home we're not governed anymore by religion or ritual or by trying hard, but by Jesus. We don't try and follow Jesus at home by effort and by rules but by fixing our heart on Jesus. 
And the same is true at work as well. We're not governed by religion and ritual and effort and trying hard. But we fix our hearts on Jesus. And the same is true at school. Oh, wow, you're ahead of me. (laughs) We're not governed by rules, trying hard, ritual, religion, effort. We set our hearts on Christ. And the same is true in in, in marriage and in relationships. That's the other one. Where's it going? There we go. Ta-da! We will not succeed if we set our, our hearts on those earthly things, on rules, on ritual, on religion, on trying hard, on human effort. We set our heart, we set our whole life on Christ. Now that's all well and good, but does it work? We're going to think about that in a moment, but first of all, I'd like you all to please stand because we're going to sing about what we've just heard. So please stand and let's sing together. Please do sit down. Okay. So we're not setting our lives, our hearts, our minds on earthly things, but on Christ. But does it work? In the language of 2 verse 23, does it have power to restrain sensual indulgence? Does it deal with the problem? And the answer Paul gives, it sounds a bit strange, so I'm going to tell you about my grandparents. So I was a young man. I was about, I would say, 14. And I was going out into town in Maidstone, which is where I lived. It was a sunny summer's Saturday thing in Maidstone. Brothers, sisters, grandparents, and you know, being my family, we found the coffee shop. That's what you do. And um, there we are, tea and coffee and cake. And, um, and granddad, as he does in my family, turns, they're both dead now, they don't do it anymore. He turns, turns to grandma and he says, how's your cake, darling? And she turns to him and he says, oh, about half past three. Stayed in my head. And it feels a little bit like that's the answer we get here. Don't follow the earthly rules. They have no power. Fix your hearts on things above. And we're expecting Paul to say, because that's where the power is. But we get half past three. He says, because Jesus saved you. Which doesn't seem to quite answer the question at first, does it? Let's read the verses, actually. Verses three and four. He says, for... You died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. How is it the answer? How does it make sense? Listen carefully, children. Right. The answer is that Jesus is both the source and the security of our life. Okay, He is both our life in that he saves us and gives us life, But he is also our life, as in, that's how we grow as Christians. We're growing and we are alive in Christ. Set your hearts on Christ, who gives you life. Look, it's really important. We've said it many times in church before. We'll say it many times again. It's very, very important that your good works, your trying hard, cannot possibly save you. No amount of good works will make you right with God. We cannot be saved by doing good things, but we were saved to do good things. And think about it. What was it that we were saved from? Well, it was our sin, wasn't it? It was the bad things we do that brought God's judgment. Just as salvation in Christ from those things is by trust, salvation is in Christ through faith, 
just as our salvation is found that way, from the sin and from our bad works, so is spiritual progress found in Christ through faith, by trusting in Jesus. Who remembers the minibus? Hands up if you remember the minibus video from a few weeks ago. Minibus, yeah, I enjoyed the minibus. Yeah, nod of approval from the minibus people, thanks. Um, I thought about showing it to you again because it was so helpful, but I went one up. Johnny, Dan, Naomi, can you leap into action? We have brought the minibus to be with you this morning. Here it comes. That's right. So on Thursdays, the trainees here at Christchurch Forward travel in the minibus to uh, Bible Training Yorkshire. Uh, ask Rob about it afterwards if you want to know more details. Can you guys sit down? Um, uh, we've got a microphone for you and everything. Dan, could you just make sure that's on? And uh, there's only one seatbelt, Naomi. Okay. Yeah, yeah, good. All right. Um, and so you're driving in the minibus. You're driving in the minibus. You've got to do it the whole time now, driving in the minibus. <laughs> right, okay. Now, let me introduce you to our three characters in the minibus on the way to Bible training. Um, here we have Desperate Dan. Desperate Dan. In the middle, we have Nervous Naomi. And on the far side, we have Jolly Johnny. And we're going to find out how confident they are that the minibus is going to get them safely to Bible training. So, Desperate Dan, first of all, how confident are you feeling? Um, not, not really very confident. I, I really want to get there, but I'm, I'm a bit, like, you know, scared. Oh, that's, it, it'll be okay, Dan. It'll be okay. Can you Thanks. pass the mic to Nervous Naomi? Nervous Naomi, how are you feeling about the minibus getting you to Bible training? Well, some days I think I'm, go I'm going to get there. I, I'm, I'm like, yes, yeah, I'm going to get to Bible training. But, but some days I think, no, no, I'm, I'm not, oh. I'm not. I'm not. Okay, so sometimes you're a bit nervous and sometimes yeah, you're not. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And can you pass the mic to Jolly Johnny on the far side there? Johnny, how confident are you that the minibus is going to get you to Bible training? Well, I can't wait to get there. In fact, I'm so confident the minibus will get there, I could sleep on this bus. <gasps> well, why don't you go ahead? <laughs> Actually, what would be more helpful, Johnny, is if the three of you could carry it back down. That would be superb. Thank you guys so much. Just give me a little clap. It's nice. Just clap. Yeah. They felt differently about whether or not the minibus would get them there. But how they feel about it is not what matters, is it? It's the minibus that matters. If the minibus is well-maintained and in good working order, then they'll definitely get to Bible training. Okay, and it's the same. It's the same here. Just as their salvation, just as the Colossians becoming Christians, didn't depend on their own strength or their own effort. It depended on the minibus. It depended on Jesus. They have to be in him. Growing as a Christian, it doesn't depend on your own strength. It doesn't depend on trying hard. It depends on being in the minibus. It depends on being in Christ. The gospel message of Jesus that gives faith and salvation is also what brings growth. Again, the grown-ups with their enormous brains might remember chapter 1, verse 5, where we read, and Paul's thanking um, God for the faith and love that he's heard about that they have, and he says, that is the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven, about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel. Being in Christ is what gives us life. Life now and life forever. You, you might have noticed in verse 3, it's hidden now, the cross is a sort of thing of shame, isn't it? It's a guy died on it. It's, but one day, verse 4, it will be revealed to be glorious. People, Christians, will be vindicated. 
Perhaps the Colossians thought, this looks a bit rubbish, the cross, suffering, laying down your life, not into that. Maybe that's why they were being drawn aside by earthly rules and religion. Well, what does it look like? What does it look like? This is my last question. So, children, this first one is more for you, and then the next one is more for the teenagers, and we sort of get older as we go along, okay? All right? At home, yeah? What does it look like at home to set your heart on Christ who gives you life? I wonder sometimes, do you get really cross with someone who lives in your house? Maybe it's your mum, mm-hmm, yeah? Maybe it's your mummy or your daddy or your brother or sister or annoying Uncle Bob or whoever it is, and sometimes you lash out, maybe with your fists, maybe with your words, maybe you slam doors, and guys, trying hard, putting in lots of effort, being really religious and following all the rules, maybe you'll be able to kind of hide the frustration you have for that person, but it won't deal with the problem. It's not going to fix your heart. But fixing your heart on Christ, setting it on him, when you understand and grasp the gospel, that Jesus, who had every right to be angry with you, because you were worse than annoying, has chosen to love you and forgive you. When you realize that the person, annoying Uncle Bob, that Jesus loves him, has forgiven him, that has the power to change your life at home or at school. Maybe you're a bit older, and I know school is difficult. It was difficult when I was there, and that was a long time ago. I think it's harder nowadays. Maybe it's tough because you're not, you're not with the, the group of people who are in. Maybe a particular friend, maybe, has, has left you out or set you aside. Maybe you won't join in the conversations that they have, or you don't use the words they want to use, or you don't share their views about certain issues. Well, look, if your heart is set on them, then no amount of religion, no amount of going to church, no amount of youth group is going to keep you following Jesus. Because if your heart is set on them, it's always going to be the biggest problem. But if your heart is set on Christ, if you value him accepting you more than your friends accepting you, if you value what he says more than what they say, you will find a greater joy in him, in the one who gives you life. You will make progress as a Christian. It will work. In the gospel, there is power. What about those of you who work? Lots of us in this room spend a lot of our time at work, don't we? And I wonder how many of us have, have been tempted in, in our, our work, our, our, our study, our achievement, our whatever it is. We set our hearts on that to find satisfaction. That's what we've set our heart on. And as long as that's the case, we will not make meaningful spiritual progress. You might be able to manage with hard work, a bit of religion, a bit of ritual, to kind of juggle your commitments. But I wonder, does your, ask yourself, does your public spiritual enthusiasm match your private spiritual enthusiasm? Are you on the bus? Or are you kind of trying to cling onto the roof, but you're clinging onto another roof. Set your heart on Christ who gives you life. Let his character become your character. Let his priorities become your priorities. Let the gospel shape how you treat work. 
Now look, for some of you, that might mean you choose to come home from work earlier. There'll be other people in the room whose God is not work or achievement, but comfort, and maybe you need to stay at work longer. I wrote love on that one because marriage and romance didn't fit, but that's what I mean, okay? Marriage can be really hard. It can feel really difficult to make spiritual progress in your marriage. Maybe your husband isn't all he was cracked up to be. Sorry, honey. Maybe, maybe your wife isn't who she is now and you thought she'd be like when you married her. Maybe some external circumstance is straining your relationship. Well, religion and ritual and human effort, they might make it work for a time, but they can't bring real power for change. It is only in Christ. It is only in the gospel of the one who gave to you expecting nothing in return that you will find the power to love someone else expecting nothing in return. Not concerned about you getting your end or or what about my needs? But other person-centered, self-giving love. Uh, Maybe your marriage has broken down. Uh, Maybe you're not married and you really like to be. Maybe you don't have children and you'd really like children. Maybe your spouse has died and they're not here anymore. In Christ, in the gospel, we have the real treasure that all these things point to. Set your hearts, brothers and sisters, on Christ, on the one who gives life. I'm going to say a short prayer as we finish. And then we're going to stand and sing again about what we've been doing, about what we've been thinking about. Heavenly Father, please, in your mercy, help us to set our hearts on Christ. Thank you that in him you have given and are giving us life. Amen. Please stand.